Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. Thank God for this opportunity to uh, share with you the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. I do not take this lightly um, and thank you, uh, the elders, for the opportunity to minister with the saints. The Bible calls you saints, and I always say saints. Praise the Lord. That was a touching testimony. It sort of points us to that consciousness that there is a realm of the spirit. Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse number 16, he says, for we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we taught you or when we preached to you the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses. Praise the Lord. That's not my message, but I'm just moving from what she was, she was sharing. Praise the Lord. You have to settle within this within your heart that heaven is a reality. So is hell. I was not meant to share this, but I'll tell you a piece of it. Uh, because I'll write a book about it. Praise the Lord. Years ago, some six years ago, I had backslidden. And what made me come back to God was one night. Because in a vision, my spirit left my body. Praise the Lord. I didn't go to heaven, unfortunately. I found myself standing on the shore of the lake of fire. And I, I cried out with a with loud voice. I said, God, but I'm, I'm born again. Why am I here? I'm not supposed to be here. What I saw, brothers and sisters, is still vivid. It's still fresh and real as real as the chair that you are sitting on. I saw people cry. I can't describe the density of the fire. It was like molten love. It was like, you know, fire in a liquid state. And I heard the voice of God. I did not see him. But the voice of God, I heard it in hell. That's not my message. Praise the Lord. My message today is, the answer is near you. Say to your neighbor, the answer is near you. The solution is near you. We are good at looking at things, external things. We, we try to look for solutions from somewhere else. Can we read Romans chapter number 10, from verse number 7? My Bible says, I'll start from verse 5 to understand where we are coming from with this. It says, For Moses write the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does those things shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven or who will descend into the abyss. Or the other versions say who will go down below that is to bring Christ from the dead but what does it say he asks a question he says the word is near you praise the Lord 
He says, the word is near you. It is in your mouth and is in your heart. I said the answer is near you. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Then from there he establishes the principle, the universal principle of salvation. He says, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness. But the second piece is marvelous. He says, with the mouth confession, proclamations, declarations are made unto salvation. And this is not talking about, he's not just talking about um, the, the salvation being born again. He's establishing a principle of salvation. The word salvation there is sozo, soterio. And the, 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 the word is sozo. It's basically deliverance from, from, from the enemy, deliverance from, from harm, deliverance from sin. It's, it's an all-encompassing word. The word of God is very important. The reason why it is important, in the first place, you are born by the word. I, I can even say you are the child of the word. Second Peter chapter number 1, verse number 23, he says, Being born again, praise the Lord, not of the corruptible, but by the incorruptible seed, by the word of God that liveth and abideth forever. This seconds the fact that you are born of the word. And Christianity is not a religion. It is the pulsating life of God in you. It is the good kind of life in a man on earth. What I'm just trying to say is that you are not ordinary. Praise the Lord. I know we have heard, we have heard that you are ordinary. You are not ordinary. Praise the Lord. You are born by the word of God. You are the child of God. There are things that we, we need to know. The reason why God gave us his word is that we may know who we are. Our rights and privileges are in the word of God. And in the word of God, we'll be able to see the things that God has already given to us. There are people that are already praying for something that was delivered freely. Already. In the book of Corinthians, in the, in the letter, I will not say a book. The Bible says, for we were not given the spirit of this world, but we have received the spirit of God so that we may know the things that he has freely given us. Meaning there are things that were freely delivered to us. Hosea 4 verse 6. This scripture seconds underscores the importance of knowing the word of God. Because that's the answer. That's the solution. Here the prophet says, my people perish. My people are destroyed. My people suffer because of lack of knowledge. And he's not talking about the common knowledge. He's talking about spiritual knowledge. Knowledge about the things of God, which means it's not the responsibility of God to know the word of God. 
It is not the responsibility of your neighbor to know the word of God. It points to you. He says, you need to know the word of God. There are things that we should establish, you see, because some people just say, ah, the word of God, you know, when it talks about these things, it doesn't refer them to them in a literal sense. He's just talking in a figurative sense. No, brother, he's talking about spiritual things. And we have to understand this. This we should, be, should be established in our hearts. That there is a spiritual world. There is the sin and there is an unseen world. Praise the Lord. God himself whom you believe in is a spirit. John chapter 4 verse number 24. Jesus meeting a, a woman, from, from a Samaritan woman at the well. He said to her, for God is the spirit. Who else? is qualified to describe God than Jesus. He said, God is a spirit. And the time has come that those that worship must worship him in spirit and in truth. But what I need to draw you to is the fact that God is a spirit. So are you. Someone is saying, come again on that. Yes, I said it. You are a spirit who is living in a body. So... Your spirit is in a body. The body that you have, that shell, is just the house. It just houses you. If we read in 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, from verse number 1 to, to about 5, you will understand that the Bible says that your body is the house. It, that's where you are dwelling. That's where it is, the body is just tabernacling you. You are tabernacled in the, in the body. Praise the Lord. Therefore, the Bible says, there is an inner man. There is an inner man. And most times, God is speaking to that inner man. The reason why I'm emphasizing on spiritual man is because the spirit realm takes precedence over the things that you see. The, the spiritual realm is greater, is bigger, is more powerful than the physical world. We understand if you go in the book of Genesis that when God created the world, he did not create by the things that are seen. For before that, God pre-existed the beginning. The Bible says in the beginning, God created the, world, the, the, the heavens and the earth. So the things that you see, they were made by the things that are not. Hebrews 11 verse 3. He says, by faith we understand. We are not guessing. <laughs> he says, we understand that the worlds were made by the, by the word of God. Uh, in fact, he, didn't, he doesn't say they were made. He said they were framed. I like that version. They were framed by the things that are not seen. Actually, he says, so that we know that the things that do appear were made by the things that do not appear. The unseen realm. The word of God is near you. It is in your heart and it is in your mouth. There is an emphasis that is being made for the word. Okay, let me come back a little bit. The Bible did not say the word is in your handbag. Did he say that? <laughs> is it in your drawer? <laughs> no. He says... The word that's working is in your heart and is in your mouth. We need to, 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 to take a, st a stock on our lives and 
try to look deeply is, am I, am I getting the word of God? Am I studying the word of God? Am I, am I relating to the word of God as I should? Because the word of God has been given to us for a reason. Now, we need to understand this. I'll read, I'll read um, 1 Timothy chapter number 4, verse number 8. Here the Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy, the young pastor at the church of Ephesus. He's, he's writing this and he says, for bodily exercise, he says it profits. But then he qualifies a little. <laughs> Praise the Lord. then he just doesn't stop there. He, he expounds it, right? But he says, but spiritual exercise or godliness has profit in the life that is now and that is to come. Isn't it interesting how much we spent, me included, how much we spent time building our bodies, how much time we, we feed, how much time we spend to, to, to feed our bodies. Some eat eight times, three times, four times. But what I'm saying is that we are more conscious about what we are seeing. And that's what we are feeding. We spend money on every gadget just to appease and please the sin, the flesh. But here Paul is saying, bodily exercise profiteth but for a little. There is a better way. Spiritual exercise. Acting like God. Doing what God has required us to, to do. Reading the word, praying. Spiritual exercise. It's a, it's a message in its own. Praise the Lord. Exercising your spirit. You see, the word of God is the only material, I said the only, is the only material that he has given us to build our spirit. That's the only material by which your spirit grows. If you read in Acts chapter number 20, verse number 32, Paul was at Ephesus and he was about to leave. These were his departing words. So they were very important. And he, he, he stood up and he said this to the people. He said, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able, praise the Lord, to build you up and give you an inheritance among them that are sanctified. He says the word has the ability, he has the divine ability to catapult you into your inheritance. He has, he's saying the word of God has that ability to build you up. Is your life broken? You need the word of God. Are you in trouble? You need the word of God. Praise the Lord. For it has the ability. Praise the Lord. It is able. In other words, the word of God has the ability to do what it talks about. And that's the word of God, not in the drawer. It's the word of God in your heart and in your mouth. Here, you hear people talking there are no more miracles. The miracles are no longer there. You know, you hear people talking such things, right? Have you not heard them talking about this? There are no longer miracles. It's the things of the past, they say. 
Have you not heard people blaming God for the things they were supposed to do in the first place? In other words, they are placing their responsibility to God when God is expecting them to do. You see people in problems and we blame God. Why should God leave them like this? Do you think it's God? In other words, you are basically, people are basically rendering the fact that God is not compassionate. That's not the God I serve. That's not the God we serve. We serve the God who has sent Jesus Christ of Nazareth on earth to die for our sins. We serve God who exhibited his characteristics through Jesus when he was walking the earth. Who, when he visited the city of Nain, he met a, a widow who was crying, whose only son had died. And the Bible writes that he felt compassionate. He was moved and he touched the coffin. The Bible says, he who was dead was brought back to life. That's the God I serve. I serve the God who, when a centurion has a servant who was sick, he sent a word to Jesus and he says, Master, do not even come to my house. For I have a servant as well that I said to one, go, and he goes. Just send your word and my servant will be well. And the Bible says, the servant was made well. That's the God I serve. I serve a God who's raised the dead. The God who, who raised Jairus' daughter from the dead. The Bible records that Jesus Christ was ministering. And people were sent. And to, he came, he, they, they pleaded with him. He says, for the daughter of Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue, is about to die. He is about to die. Come and save. The Bible says he did not ask lots of questions. He was in the direction of going. And on his way, he met a woman. A woman who was rich at one point, but the Bible records that she had spent all she had on doctors. But she only grew worse. The Bible says she touched the helm of his garment. And Jesus felt the power coming out of his garment, out of his body. And he asked, who has touched me? But we know the story that she was made whole. While Jesus was performing another miracle, they said, be troubled any, no longer. For the daughter is dead. He did not give excuses. He healed and raised Jairus' daughter from the dead. That's the God I serve. The God without excuses. In the book of Hebrews, the writer says, For we have a high priest who empathizes with our weaknesses. I'm trying to say God understands. So you find people giving responsibilities to God when God is actually expecting them to act according to the word. The responsibility of joy. Who has the responsibility of making you enjoy life? Is it God or you? It's your choice. Joy has expressions, for example. If you see someone laughing, they are, it's, a, it's an expression of joy. If you see someone singing and giving praises, it's an expression of joy. That's what the Bible says. James chapter number 15, verse number, th number 13. He says, is there anyone merry? Is there anyone happy? He says, let him sing hymns. Let him sing songs. And he says, are you afflicted? He says, pray. 
Are you in trouble? He says, pray. Praise the Lord. It is your conscious choice to be weary or not to enjoy irrespective of the circumstances. The circumstances should not determine your joy. Because that's the, if you read the word, you will understand this. If we read in the book of Acts, chapter number 16, verse number 19, you understand from there that Paul and Silas were persecuted because of the gospel. They were preaching in Philippi. Praise the Lord. And they were thrown into jail. And the Bible says that they were with other prisoners. But the other prisoners had them sing songs. Can I ask you, if you are in a jail, is it a nice place? It's not. Are you supposed to enjoy or rejoice in jail? No. Are you supposed to sing? No. But the Bible says, irrespective of the circumstances, Paul and Silas began to pray and to sing. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. They began to praise and to sing. And they prayed. And what was the result? The result is that the power of God was made manifest. I'll just go back to, to my first scripture. The Bible says, the answer is near you. The word is near you. That is the word which we preach. It is in your heart and it is in your mouth. And then he says, for with the heart man is made right with God. But with the mouth, confession, confession, confession is made unto salvation. What he's talking about there is not confessing your sins. He's talking, that's, that's the Greek word homologio, right? Homolego, praise the Lord. Which means speaking the same in consent, speaking the same in agreement, praise the Lord. Which means you will be speaking the same as what God has said, praise the Lord. You are basically in agreement with God and you are speaking what God has said, praise the Lord. But how can you speak without knowing what to speak? If you read the whole chapter, that's what it's basically talking. It's like how they, shall they call unless someone preaches to them? How can they preach unless someone is sent? Which means your responsibility is to know the word of God and speak it over your circumstances. Speak it over your circumstances. Jesus, when he was talking, he says, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The Bible says in Proverbs 6, 2, he says, a wholesome tongue is the tree of life. The Bible in Proverbs says, for the power of life and death are in there. The miracle is in your mouth. The word of God in your mouth. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. And please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.